Yeah, 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 literally um what's good my guy what's up oh man after witnessing a bizarre traumatic incident involving a patient dr rose cotter <laughs> starts experiencing frightening occurrences that she can't explain as an overwhelming terror begins taking over her life rose must confront her troubling past in order to survive and escape her horrifying new reality yeah you guys are fucking stupid how did you give this movie a 4.3 like What's wrong with you? I swear. This shit was... They had a $17 million budget and banked $200 million. I swear. I swear. It's... That it's, was a fucking incredible movie. It's like. so good. It, it, just so that the audience knows what we're talking about, we're talking about the movie Smile that came out... Uh, back in, Yeah, it came out in September of 22... And holy fucking shit! I've seen that. This was my second time watching it, Davin. This was your first time, and we're both yeah. horror movie fans. We fucking love horror, so we've seen a lot of bad horror movies and a lot of good horror movies. And Davin, how would you say this one stacks up? I mean, man, I might have to give that a solid, uh, probably like eight, a solid fucking eight. Me too. Eight point five. Eight point five. I would be right there also. The second time watching it really um, solidified why I liked the movie and what and what I noticed about it when I first watched it. Like, you know, sometimes you watch a movie and you're in the right mood and it's the right day and you sometimes think that it's better than it actually is. Like, I, I was starting mm -hmm. to think that that was how I was going to be with this movie. But holy shit, man, the second time watching it, it was still fucking scary. And it was still just... It was just also awesome like there's so many in the second half of the movie there's so many jump scares yeah, <laughs> yeah that movie went off what's <laughs> all talking about the, it's such an assault on the viewer like it's assaulting you that movie it's like trying to fuck you up like Literally. it's crazy bro that scene when they're in the when she bro, like returns to the to the hospital and she like tries <laughs> to kill one of her patients and they just start laughing at her yo that shit like was... nothing that you do is gonna work dude the feeling the feeling of hopelessness that that movie gives you and then all the times <laughs> what i loved i loved this dynamic in the movie when like you would think that one thing was happening <laughs> like for example she'd be talking to her to her therapist and then like the phone would ring and then it'd be her therapist on the phone and you realize <laughs> you realize that she was talking to like the entity and not the therapist man there's there, there's something about that i just love that kind of fake out type stuff that uh sure. it, yeah it really really grabs me but um yeah i mean and it's like really well executed too because there are other movies not necessarily like a, like exclusively in the horror genre, but like in other movies like mystery, suspense, psychological thrillers, where like they'll capitalize off those those kinds of uh, you know story moments, what have you, where you think you're like that. What's happening in the story is reality when in reality it's something totally fucking different, and they mm -hmm. switch you out. Mm -hmm. But like sometimes that's not really well executed. I feel like, and it's it's easy to get lost. 
like pretty yeah. quickly, especially if they're doing it over and over and over again, kind of like, I guess, with Tenet. But, um, yeah, this one was just hook, line, and sinker, man, through and through, just so you guys knew what you were doing. It really, it really blew up. It really, uh, clearly deserved to have 200 million at the box office of a 17 million dollar budget it would have been so great to see that shit in theaters i'm like kind of pissed that i didn't just pay the money to go see it when it came out because that would have probably have been one of my favorite movies to see in theaters like just imagine the 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 assault that that has on your senses all those jump scares and jump scares are usually like cheap fake out things like you people don't like to give jump scares their credit but this movie was a great demonstration and like why the jump scare works and yeah. when to use it appropriately and like how to how to really keep the viewer on their toes you know this movie really kept you on your toes there's no scene especially in the second half there is no scene in the movie where you could just kind of rest and be like all right nothing bad is going to happen for at least another five minutes like i can just chill fuck no anything can happen at any time and smile it was so great it was just unsettling throughout the entirety of it like there was yeah like you said no moment where there was no safe moment no hell no no safe moment there was uh the music in the movie too was fucking spectacular i thought that the way that it was like kind of having this this sort of unorthodox score like, there wasn't a lot of the normal sounds that you would associate with a horror movie being used. It was a lot of sort of, I don't know, just unorthodox sounds that they were putting into the sort of scary scenes. And uh, that worked really well. Really, I love some of the effects that they were doing with the music and for the, the sound and everything. Because, like, there was this, in the birthday scene where, like, uh, they're doing the happy birthday. And then all of a sudden, it's like the happy birthday singing just sort of like morphs into like this fucking crazy ass drone synth that just sort of like echoes and carries throughout the transition of her just like falling into herself mm-hmm. that was just magical <laughs> yeah dude it, it was fucking so so well well done and people i think miss those little things when they're reviewing the movie they miss like those little tweaks and touches that make scenes like that all the more scarier, all the more, um, all, all the more in depth because it takes so much to actually execute that correctly. And when you can appreciate films as like gigantic art projects, let's call them like with multiple things going on at once, you see how incredible smile pulls off, how incredibly smile pulls off like that art project that is a movie, you know? Yeah, no, 100%. So, like, what were people saying? What were their critiques of this movie? Just like, oh, well, the story's kind of bland. Like, yeah. I mean, I, yeah, I can see that. It's kind of like overall about a character who needs to overcome her personal trauma, like her past trauma, and confronting that in a sort of like supernatural, paranormal, demonic form, uh, kind of in the spirit of the Babadook, but. Still, like, it, it took a pretty, like, original take on everything, because... Well, that's actually what people were were uh, criticizing, was the originality of the movie, because if you remember how The Ring kind of unfolds, it's sort of similar, where it's a woman trying to stop her impending doom, and there's something that she viewed, like, that made her, you know, susceptible to a curse, and then you have It Follows. Did we ever watch It Follows together? 
Um, I've seen that movie maybe two or three times, so I'm pretty sure on one of those occasions it was probably with you. But, yeah. like, I still say that It Follows is not about anything other than fucking STDs. Like, that is literally yeah. what that movie is about. Right, <laughs> but the the whole vehicle of, like, something is following you, you have to pass it on to the next person, that whole kind yep. of dynamic in the movie. People were criticizing, like, hey, we've seen this before. We've seen a movie that does this. Uh, and those movies, The Ring and uh, It Follows, are these kinds of titans of psychological horror. So it's kind of hard to compete with them as a newcomer. But I think Smile's up there, though. I think Smile is definitely cementing itself. And the guy, Parker, <gasps> Parker Finn, the director, I mean, that's one hell of a first feature film to, to put out. Like, uh, such, such a great entryway into uh, being a filmmaker. And I know this was based on his uh, short film uh, called uh, Laura Hasn't Slept. And this is actually just an extension of the same concept that he explored in his first short film. So, oh, really? How yeah. long is, uh, is that one then, Laura Hasn't Slept? Uh, I don't know how long it is. I mean, if it's a short film, it's probably less than 30 minutes. But um, I don't know where to find it. It, it aired on South by Southwest uh, in 2020, I think. But yeah, let me let me see. Actually, uh, I've got it pulled up. My right hasn't slept. Short film, Paramount Pictures. It looks like it's on. Uh, oh, it's only eleven minutes. Yeah. All right. Yeah. They're streaming it or something. What's going on. I'm on YouTube trying to find like a good, good version of it. Yeah, that monster was freaky as hell too. Yeah, the mo dude. This is the other thing about. Uh, smile is that it had a genuine monster in it it wasn't some like a girl coming out of a well it wasn't some like human thing it was much like how the babadook is very much a monster the the thing in smile is very much a monster and i love that shit that's just my personal taste in horror movies is like when there's a real monster not a spirit not a disembodied human but like uh, a thing at the end of the movie, I think that for me feels very satisfying when you're watching a film like that. Yeah. But, uh. But I thought the Babadook was also more like a spirit. Like. It was. Was it ever. I think that. Was it? I don't remember. I actually don't remember. It's been a while since I've seen the Babadook, to be honest. Yeah. But I thought it was like just a reflection of of her of her like trauma yeah exactly of her trauma yeah let's see the babadook um damn i remember seeing this for the first time in theaters holy fucking shit was that scary the babadook huh. was so fucked up um and it's yeah it's uh let's see yeah you're right it is like something about the um something about the kid and the the mom's like tra past traumas or something that the babadook is like because remember they like control it at the end of the movie by the end of the movie exactly. they like have it and control yeah, burying it in the basement but the basement was just like a metaphor for her whatever her mind or 
because I think it had something to do with her guilt, you know. Right. It was like induced trauma of some sort, like she had done something. I don't, I don't remember. I gotta watch that again, but yeah. But uh, yeah, what was I gonna say? Um, what What are some like? I, hmm? No, go ahead. I was gonna say, what are some like very memorable scary movies for you? They don't even necessarily have to be good, but just like exactly where I was gonna go. Oh yeah, <laughs> I'll never forget. Like literally, I'll never forget when I was like, I was still living in Maryland, so maybe. 14 or 15 maybe 16 mm. i uh i went to the movies to go see insidious and that movie in theaters was by far like the most memorable probably one of the most memorable like movie going experiences i've ever had dude like that shit went dummy yeah, the Insidious. I remember uh, the Conjuring, Insidious. When all those like James Wan movies came out, um, those were always like you had to go see those in theaters, and you would always bring like twenty of your friends with you. We'd all like smoke twenty blunts and like fucking pile into a movie theater, just reeking, just just reeking of weed, and we would just be in there, just like ready to get our pants scared off. I think uh, for me though. When I think about experiences like that, surprisingly, the movie that I always think of is the time I saw Cabin in the Woods for the first time, even though it's not really a traditional oh. horror movie, right? But it's got some horror elements, of course, that are definitely built into the story. But yeah, Cabin, yeah. In, Cabin in the Woods was a really great movie going experience. It really captured you and made you like just submit to the ride that you were about to go take uh with that with that film it was crazy it's one of my favorite movies of all time like no lie yeah honestly i think uh, so. an open love letter to to the horror genre as a whole and i mean man (laughs) that movie is a fucking ride it also has like mad evangelion vibes it has mad evangelion (laughs) vibes that whole yeah because of the uh the secret like organization that's controlling everything and has got all the monsters like locked up and is trying to keep the the last like ultimate angel from coming out and destroying all life on her mm-hmm. and then it has uh, like even the uh the room where they like view the the uh like horror scenes like playing out the room inside of the facility like very much looks like terminal dogma like it looks so similar and just the whole way that it's set up like the the way that they're dressed the the whole thing the the multiple levels like how it's sort of an underground facility that keeps going down you know that that really gave me some serious evangelion vibes everybody says that pacific rim is supposed to be like the the spiritual um live action like evangelion homage but i did not like pacific rim when i saw it did you like it no that's hell fucking no that movie both of those movies were trash trash bro and it's not like i don't even see the comparison i mean i guess i kind of could with uh evangelion but it's like it's just a monster movie or not a you know giant robots and fucking uh monsters but like i i would see more as it like a homage to uh king kong fucking godzilla you know those types of like giant monsters that come from the sea to attack human civilization and you know we had to build these giant mech and, uh me- fucking robots basically to fight these things these giant mechs whereas like i don't know evangelion has a lot more like spirit and esotericism even uh, um, like ingrained into the actual story 
You no, know, I, Pacific Rim is just like cut and dry. It's just like yeah, giant things fighting each other. Yeah, it was it was definitely giant things fighting each other kind of thing. And um, oh, okay, so I guess no, because I remember there was a part of it where like uh, they had like two pilots in the mech and they had to kind of like synchronize with each other in some way because they had to like get their dance moves right or some some shit like that and that was how they, they controlled the uh the giant mech right. i think if i remember correctly yeah and yeah. that is kind of like probably the biggest line that people could draw between like evangelion and that because it's kind of the same concept there there was definitely some pieces of it that i felt like were inspired by evangelion but something that corny just doesn't hold a candle to like the style like just the style of evangelion sets it apart yeah. from just being a regular mecha series but the synchronization thing i think was definitely the big homage to like evangelion but i don't know i couldn't find anything really good about that movie to enjoy um and it was also just the acting was terrible I don't know. Yeah. It, it just was a very lackluster piece, but uh, I didn't think the acting was too bad. And, and smile. I mean, I know you said uh, Ali was like, "Oh, she didn't like the the acting in it too much," but I was like, I mean, they're pretty pretty solid performances. Yeah. And the one I mean, uh, I, I don't know the the guy's name, but uh, the husband, well, the fiance mm -hmm. of the wife, mm -hmm. he's in um, he's in the boys, and everybody in the boys are like amazing actors, so. That one Amazon TV show about superheroes. Right. Here's the thing with that dude. He kind of gave me like gay vibes the whole movie that he was like he <laughs> he is he gay in in uh, in the boys. No. Nah. Okay, maybe I was just reading it wrong, but he did not seem like he was a heterosexual. Not, not that there's anything wrong with it, but it just did not seem like. He was into uh, so, uh, Susie Bacon at all in the movie. And just the yeah. way that he would react to things where he would be like, are you seriously doing this right now? It's like, what man talks like that? <laughs> like, what straight right. man? Yeah, I don't know. It was, it, was very, uh, it, it was very jarring to see him try to act with her because she was such a good actress. I thought she was like um, the powerhouse of the movie and really brought the scenes together. I didn't really. Yeah, she like... was great. The 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 cop was great. I mean, his like facial expressions and uh, the mm -hmm. way he used his eyes like throughout the movie were all like spot on. You know, Hell he was yeah. very expressive, even though he didn't have like many lines. So you could still tell like he he did he did his thing. Yeah, he really did his actor. <laughs> his actor. The fucking thing. sister and the husband were hilarious. <laughs> they had a fucking attitude the whole time. They were just like just funny to watch and hear. Yeah, no, I like they were. I liked the husband uh, being, like, always getting shit on. Like, he was just like, are you really going to talk to me like that? And she's like, just get the fuck out of the way. <laughs> no, okay, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> this is so funny. Uh, yeah, that scene where, the, where she's talking to her sister and she's trying to uh, explain what's going on, there's just such a hopelessness because she seems absolutely crazy. And they, they do such a good job of, like, not sugarcoating um how crazy she comes off and like not giving her any anything to hold on to that could possibly you know make her story seem legitimate like there's no evidence that she has she's walking around with a bunch of like murder scene pictures and she's just babbling about how she's being cursed and she looks crazy it was just yeah. such a it was such a scene of hopelessness it was incredible yeah she was straight up hopeless yeah 
Yeah, bro. But um, oh man, I think yeah, a solid eight point five, man. Like that, people need to give that movie more credit for sure. Yeah, pe- people need to stop being so picky, especially when there's not that many good horror movies to choose from, and we really gotta be happy when we come across something that's okay. And this movie's better yeah. than okay. This movie's like way better than okay. I would say okay would be like a six. This is like a solid two points, two and a half, two points and a half above, you know, just being uh, an okay movie because there's enough substance in it to make it very scary. You there? Yeah. Yeah, but uh. Yeah, man, that went off. That shit was great. What what about other movies in general? Um, well, actually, can I just shit on that movie that we saw earlier today? <laughs> yeah, go ahead. Yeah, that German what movie, The Privilege. <laughs> that shit sucked so bad. That shit was so <laughs> fucking bad. Um, the 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 special effects were like CS four Adobe After Effects, like like uh. Uh, getting the trial packages for like explosions and for fucking uh, fire overlaid onto you know green screen it was just so hammy and bad uh i didn't like the wardrobe whoever whoever is involved with the wardrobe on that movie should never get to work again. They had the most distracting outfits, I think. Specifically, the main character had some of the most distracting outfits. He had, like, a teal, like, hoodie on the entire movie that he was, like, looked like he was, like, modeling for Pullin' Bear. And it just didn't fit with the theme or the mood of the film at all. Like, everybody should have been wearing, like, dark tones, dark colors, just to, like, keep you in the mood of trying to be a horror movie. And then you've got this one dude just wearing, like, this bright blue hoodie on i'm sorry it's shit like that that really take me out of movies because now i'm thinking about instead of thinking about what's going on in the movie i'm thinking about his fucking fit and i'm just i'm judging him you know because it looks like he's trying too hard fashion paris fashion week like <laughs> yeah it's not paris fashion week exactly um and then the weird three-way scene in the middle of the movie was fucking i've never seen weren't they supposed to be like high school kids romance <laughs> stop but weren't they supposed to be in like fucking high school? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Yeah, that didn't sit well with me. They just turned eighteen. The sister did. Yeah, that didn't sit well with me. That that whole section was very weird. But then again, you know, I may not know what the social norms or what looks normal to a German, right? Because if it's a German movie, they're making stuff that's supposed to look normal to other Germans. Maybe that kid's fit is totally in line with what people wear over there, and maybe having three ways in high school um, for your first time. It was supposed to be their first time, right? They they were all supposed to be like, yeah, and I guess maybe having three ways for your first time is supposed to be normal uh, in 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 an emptied out pool. Weren't they like in an emptied out like pool? Yeah, like how did they even get there in the first place? with like a bed in the middle i was like where do you know how heavy a fucking mattress is who's carrying that not that skinny ass nigga he's not carrying it but uh yeah that movie was so bad um and it was good it was good to watch something that was a lot better right after it was i actually like doing that watching 
a not so good movie and then watching a really good movie because it makes the really good movie like pop. It makes it just like so much better. Yeah, I'm really happy. Thanks for the recommendation, man. That was that was solid. Hell yeah. All right. Hell yeah. But uh <laughs> what what else you got uh going on, Davin? At the moment or for the evening? Yeah, just just in general. I know you you started your new job and the, now you've got a, a full week of being able to look back on, you know, how your first week working uh working sales alone was like how do you feel about that uh i feel like i want to keep doing it you know I mean, it's not it's not quite uh profitable just yet uh-huh. but uh closed my first sale did a bundle uh a bundle sale out of that and apparently that's a pretty good thing the president of the of of our like organization branch because i mean the company is like one giant enterprise and they have like presidents i guess in like different regions uh-huh like he gave me a shout out so i guess that's probably you know kind of a big deal that's but um yeah it was pretty pretty validating but i mean i just really need to get better at like fucking overturning objections and maybe reading people better and getting like my pitch across immediately like as fast as possible Mm. whereas you know if i'm if somebody opens up the door for me and, like, I get maybe just, like, a fraction of the way through. And they're just like, oh, yo, I'm not interested. And, like, I need to be able to, like, get past that and get through the entire, like, pitch and then get to the point to where, like, what they really care about. Like, what is it that these people, like, really need to hear for them to become uh, potential customers, right? Yeah. Because um, right now I'm still kind of just like, oh, well, if you're not interested, then, then whatever, you know? Right. right. I think. Um, but, like, yeah. the else that I'm working with is, like, the reason that they're able to make like $2,000 a week off sales or even more because there are other people in different offices that are making a shitload more mm. um, it's because they're really good at doing that, like at overturning those those objections. Whether like the first no or the second no or the third no, like they're really able to get through to the customer, mm. uh, capitalize off their pain points and then just like, you know, make them comfortable with being sold to because I feel like that's people's biggest problems when it comes to like door to door salesmen. Right. It's like they open the door, they know <laughs> like intuitively what you're there for. You're there to sell them something. And it's like, no one like really likes people enjoy buying and consuming, but they don't like being sold to, no. you know, they don't like yeah. the feeling of being sold to like, they feel like they're being cheated in some kind of way. Like they're very skeptical of it. Um, so just making people like more comfortable with my presence being there, with what I'm offering, the services that I'm offering, and also just like uh, really drilling in the fact that like what we're off, like the service and the product that we're offering is actually better than the competitors that that we have. And that's not like me being biased; like that's just an objective fact. Like I have to go and like get people to pull out their phones, regardless of whether or not they're an actual customer or going to be a customer if they're giving me the no. They have to pull out their phones at some point during my presentation. And they got to run the, the internet speed test, and if they got an Xfinity, they're paying for like a 300 or 500 megabyte uh, per second package deal, and they're only pulling like a hundred. So it's like, yeah, sure. Like maybe you're not gonna save a whole lot of money in the grand scheme of things. Like maybe I can save you like ten dollars, or sometimes even thirty, sometimes more. But like, 
it's not about you saving money. It's about like you getting your money's worth out of what you're what you're actually buying and what you're paying for. And when you're with these competitors, it's like Xfinity just piggybacks off of fucking Verizon in the first place. Like they don't have their own fucking towers or anything like that. Mm. They're just using uh, Verizon secondhand data. So I mean, it's just like, dude, like, what is it that you really care about? And right. getting to that, but um. It's it's funny because it's just it's it's it leaves me with so many like, just a nice cocktail of emotions, regardless of whether or not I've had like a successful day, or not. At least from this first week, how I feel is it's like I've gotten the frustration, I've gotten like the excitement, I've gotten the the sense of like reward and accomplishment, I've gotten the sense of failure, I've gotten like just a whole range of things. You know what I mean? Right. Uh, and that's like a really sort of satisfying. Uh, yeah, just like I guess aspect of the job because I've never really experienced that with any job that I've ever worked in, worked in before, and so I kind of want to stick with it for at least a little bit longer just to see how far that goes. And I mean, at the end of the day, it's like even if I don't become really successful at sales, mm-hmm. uh, I already start to feel that it's like helping me uh, level level up a bit of my my confidence. Yeah, yeah, it'll yeah. do that. It'll do that. And also, like, uh, I was going to ask you, one of the things that helps me is uh, asking a lot of questions to start. And I'm sure they tell you about that. But, like, because you were talking about getting um, people to kind of, you know, just kind of tell you what they really need, you know, rather than you just sort of pitching them and not knowing what they want. You know, um, just trying to, like, be really curious about them. And I, I used to hate that advice when people used to be like, just be genuinely curious. But it does, it works when you're like, yeah, genu- genu- genuinely care about the customer. I'm like, well, yeah, but I mean, yeah, I'm trying to get this, I'm trying to get this paper, though, I'm trying to get this, <laughs> this guap. I mean, but at the end of the day, <laughs> yeah, but the confidence thing, man, that's so true. I know one of the like coolest things that sales did for me was when I was in San Diego like I didn't know anybody and I was just living with my aunt and I started working that sales job. And just because I was every day, you know, talking to dozens and dozens of people like over the phone or over Skype calls or just, you know, what have you, by the time I was done with my day and I would go out for like a happy hour, I was just super, I had so much confidence to just go up and talk to people. Like I'd go out with my coworkers and we'd meet people at bars and we'd end up having a really fun time with complete strangers. And I realized it's energizing, energizing. Like it's very, it were very few days that I got out of work where I was just like, I got to go home and sleep. Like I, that was not how I felt. Every time I would get out of work, I'd be like, yo, I'm ready to live life. Like I feel even if it was a bad day, like, hey, let's go do something. Let's go out to the beach. Let's go, you know, go to a happy hour. Let's get some food, you know, like, let's keep chatting. That was something that I always felt when I would get off work. And there's something, it's something just like recharging to your soul about being able to converse with people all day, you know? Absolutely. Yeah, man. But, uh, there are also though some days where you just got your ass beat so hard like there's just so many people saying no and there's just so many like when you have a couple of real nasty motherfuckers like people who are just nasty ass people that'll drain you 
Yeah, have you run into that yet? Uh, not terribly, you know. Mm. No, not not so much. Um, I did have like one old man. I don't know what exactly happened because this was really interesting. I don't remember like. I mean, I'm sure I had passed by that door, but I don't remember like speaking to anybody out mm-hmm. that door. Um, <clears throat> and usually, like, I have to mark in my iPad like whether or not somebody like answered the door. Like, if it's no answer, then I re-loop later at like mm-hmm. after you know throughout two hours later or what what have you. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know if like I just had the wrong house open on my on my iPad and I recircled back to the wrong house, or maybe, like, I pressed the wrong button, and it just sent me back to the same house when I should have put, like, not interested, take him off the list, or, mm-hmm. uh, or like, I knocked on the door, and then he came to the door, and it was just like, what is your problem? Like, what are you still doing? Why are you knocking on my door? We already told you, I'm not interested. You have to remember or something? I was like, oh, sir, I mean, I didn't really, uh, I didn't know that uh, I had to stop by. I've, I've spoken to you before, I should have taken you off the list, but yeah, I'm sorry. Yada, 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 you know, just kill him with kindness. Right. But, yeah, that was the only thing that was sort of like semi, just like, you didn't really need to react like that, but I mean, I can kind of understand it. But it was just like, at the same time, I was like, I genuinely don't remember talking to you in the first place, so like, whatever. All right. Yeah, it's weird, man. Sometimes people just be freaking out on you. Um, and it's usually, of course, obviously, it's got nothing to do with you. It's probably their own lives that they're freaking out about. And you're just like the closest thing they can yell at, you know? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. There was one time when I was out with my my trainer supervisor. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, we had like knocked on the door of uh, a conservative uh, older gentleman. Mm-hmm. And hold on, Devin. You're uh, you're 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 like sounding really robotic. I don't know what's going on. The hold on. Uh, try again. Check one two one two. Keep saying check check. Check my phone check. Nah, it's still it's still like getting all robotic. That's so weird. Uh, let me leave and then join. All right. Sorry about that, people. You know we're doing shit over. over How's it now? All right. Yeah, you sound good. You sound good. Um, so I, we knock on this uh, the door of a conservative guy, and he's just like, "Yeah, my biggest gripe with AT and T is that you guys are censoring." Uh, conservative media outlets like you guys no longer offer Fox on your channels and we're just like well we actually do like Fox is still on on the channel guide and all that <laughs> is, I don't know where this is coming from but you know if because uh, I, I think it was my supervisor that kind of like interjected and was like well no what's really going on is right now like Fox and AT&T are negotiating like some big deal uh, mm-hmm. between you know those corporations and I guess like Fox is wanting more money um, out of them to put their stuff on like our network, to put their channels on our on our network. Right. And you know, like these are negotiations that take like a year, maybe or longer, to actually like finalize. So I don't know, but it's it's interesting that like so many people are convinced, utterly convinced that AT and T is out here like trying to like censor people's. Uh, 
right to fucking just an array of different channels like especially targeting like conservative channels because i don't know like that shit is just the lamestream media they're censoring us yeah Mm -hmm. that's fucking crazy um that's fucking nuts. I, I that I would think that though, if I were an old guy and I was watching Fox, and all of a sudden Fox is like not, you know, uh, uh, Fox is like not available or like harder to find. I would think that they were censoring it because that's not the craziest thing I've ever heard. You know, like they these companies are are doing crazy ass shit. So I don't blame yeah. the guy for uh, for thinking that. But that's just funny that your your supervisor had to step in and be like, nah. That's actually not what's going on. Yeah, and they were just like, they weren't willing to hear reason at all. You know, that was sort of like the crazy part about it. It was just like, you can explain, uh, even, I don't know, like because I, I had never heard about this to begin with. Like, this was all like news to me. I mean, if I was by myself and he was telling me that like AT&T was censoring Fox, I'd be like, oh, wow. Like, I genuinely don't know what to say to that because I had never heard of that before. Mm. Uh, but yeah, it's just like, even though like we can give an alternative explanation as to what's going on, and even though like that makes total sense, mm-hmm. it's still just, no, like, I know what's going on. Like, I know better than you because I sit at my fucking house in front of the TV all day, and I know when things aren't working. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, all right, mate. <laughs> all right, buddy. All right, Sledro. Take you off our, our list here since you're clearly not interested. <laughs> yeah. Jeez. You got these people out here f- tweaking. Mm-hmm. Um, and don't they have a fucking app that you can just download? Like Fox News has a, you know, that you just an app that you can download to your smart TV or your Apple TV or your Roku or whatever and just stream their channels off that. Like, yeah, but there are alternatives to getting your to getting your fucking daily jo- digest of propaganda from mass media corporations. They'll give you. They'll give you different fucking options, bro. That's their bread and butter. Yeah, <laughs> you don't need the TV no more, pal. They'll give yeah. it to you. They'll give it to you. They'll inject that shit into your arm if you need it. <laughs> um. So I wanted to look at some quick 4chan, uh, shit. Let's see. Let me share my screen with you. Okay. All right. Let's see here. Where is Discord? Uh, here we go. Um, let's see. Share my screen. Boop. All right, there you go. I'm just going to read some of these comments just randomly, just willy-nilly. Is there like a, a, a thread? Like a politically incorrect? Okay. Yeah. This is the politically incorrect thread it's poll uh, slash poll, 4chan slash poll, and this one it says what happened to men, and it's a picture of some guys like got Super Mario cookies to celebrate turning 30. <laughs> it's oh, just like the quintessential <laughs> like you know g- like just gut belly, uh, black rimmed glasses, totally out of shape, like what they would consider like soy jack type of guy. And he's got these, like, cookies that are all the Mario characters. And behind him, he's got, like, a wall. They always have a black shelf. It's always the same. They always have a black shelf with, like, tons of figurines and, like, DVDs and video games. Do you, do you notice that? Like, a lot of, like, uh, nerdy uh, dudes will have, like, that same setup. 
Yeah, it seems to be a common thread here. Yeah. But the fucking Mario cookies like that. So, like, who are you selling these to? <laughs> Hold on. You, let's read, let's oh, read this one. <laughs> Hello, Seattle. I haven't left my apartment in over two years due to crippling anxiety and my work-from-home job. Today, I finally went to go out and get an, an adult Happy Meal. My God. Holy shit. Well, good for you, man. I mean, it's the little things, truly. <laughs> I guess so. It's the little things. Uh, so this guy replied, the USA won World War II and subjugated the entire world to their whims. As a result, the USA became an entire civilization of people with zero economic concerns. All barriers and difficulty were removed from Americans, and as a result, they did not need to become skilled or learn to do any difficult things. As a result, they never needed to become adults. It was feasible to linger in the comfort of adult of childhood, and they did. The rug will be pulled from under them soon. <laughs> this is like this is like uh, you're watching you're watching like the beginning of a movie, and it's just like these. Uh, it's a black screen, and these texts are popping up, and just like a white like a small like fine font, and it's just like one uh, one little liner here, and then it fades, and then another one comes up, and then it fades, and it's just like the intro to like this green fucking like movie. Hell yeah, that's exactly what this is. Um, <laughs> in nineteen forty two. <laughs> yeah, and sub yeah, it subjugated the entire world to their whims. As a result, the I US literally the introduction to a fucking Hideo Kojima game, <laughs> bro. It said, and then at the end, it just says the rug will be pulled from under them soon. <laughs> dun dun, video game by Hideo Kojima. Dun dun, Konami. <laughs> I swear to God. I'm glad I stopped playing video games. <laughs> uh, think about how many men volunteered to go to war since World War One. The draft was only involved with Vietnam, so brave men went off, and a lot of them died, so you lost generations of brave men passing down their genetics. Then you have to think of all the kids who were raised without dads due to the war. All the while, feminisms was on the rise. <laughs> just like that, just, just that alone is bad enough, but then add in the extra shit of single moms, rise of video games, rise of goy slop, now, 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 already stated to filter out the weak genetics, but it's what going to take a long fuck? time to fix it, but probably more war to kill off the many remaining men. What are you talking about? What is Goyslav, man? <laughs> Goyslav is, is like fast goy? food. <laughs> it's like goy. Is he trying to say soy slop? Like, what is Goy? No, Goy, they're, they're, that guy is uh, anti-Semitic because... Uh, to say, like, a Goy is a non-Jew, right? And they think that since Jews control the world, they're giving us, like, bad food with, like, crazy-ass hormones in it, and, like, it's, like, for non-Jews, so it's Goy slop. <laughs> that is terrifyingly hilarious. Like. Yeah. <laughs> um, wow, Goy slop. Holy shit. Yo, that's 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 our fucking album right there. Goyslop Volume Three, Season of the Witch. Season of the Witch. Uh, so what else can they have to call their own? What else can they show to themselves if no one else as the fruits of their labor? That said, while I do emphasize them to, while I do emphasize with them, empathize Jesus. While I do empathize with them to a degree, that pick is pure hoarding, plus sunk cost on top of that. So I think he's kind of right. I mean, because ownership is so hard nowadays, like to actually own your own house, to actually have, you know, assets, physical assets, is so hard for a lot of people. 
a lot of people sort of fall back into sort of collectibles and consumerism as a way to just sort of show themselves that, hey, I may have this job working at Target, but look, I can at least buy the new Gears of War figurine that, you know, is going to be rare hopefully one day. And that's kind of their only thing that they can that they can really have that's within their reach or their grasp financially. Uh, whereas men of old used to be able to like buy a house for like $50,000, you know? Goodness. What I don't get about the stupid doll shit is it's just a collection. They didn't do anything special besides buy it on Amazon. I'll admit I will build a model airplanes from time to time. Okay, you're done. Um, bro, have you ever lived outside of a city? There are productive things you can do with your time besides hoard children's toys. Literally build a birdhouse or some shit out of scrap wood, and it is a thousand times as impressive as his collection. Oh, here it goes. I'm a 